Welcome to the Ready, Set, Transform podcast, where you have a seat at the table with CEOs, industry leaders, and tech experts. The topic, business transformation. No sales pitches or marketing talk, just real stories from companies of all sizes and industries. You'll hear business executives' inside view of their company's transformation journey. They'll share examples and concepts that can help you and your business thrive. Get unique perspectives on how leading companies tackle the biggest challenges facing businesses today. Ready, Set, Transform is brought to you by Rise with SAP. Welcome to Ready, Set, Transform, presented by RISE with SAP. It's so important, it's all caps, R-I-S-E. I'm Bonnie D. Graham, producer and host. Very happy to be here. We have an important topic today. Listen up. We're talking to business leaders, business transformation specialists around the world. Topic, I know my company needs to transform, but how? And the subtitle for this episode is, what is cloud? And that's what we're going to be talking about. So let me start off with my buzz quote before I ask my two esteemed panelists to introduce themselves. I'm quoting a song from 1966 written by Joni Mitchell. I've looked at, I'm not going to sing, I've looked at clouds from both sides now, from up and down, and still somehow, it's clouds illusions I recall. I really don't know clouds at all. Written by Joni Mitchell, as I said, Judy Collins recorded the first commercially released version in 1967 and won a Grammy Award for it. So let me give you some facts about all of this. In an Accenture survey of 750 CIOs conducted last year, March 2020, that we found in the Harvard Business Review, CIOs reported that only 20 to 30 percent of their work at that time, now remember, March 2020, that was the beginning of the pandemic, only 20 to 30 percent of their work was being done through the cloud. Okay, let that settle in for a second. Now, prior to 2020, many of these CIOs had planned to move 80 percent of their environments to the cloud. I'm putting air quotes around this, if you, but I'm looking at my, my guests are on Zoom with me, and I have the pleasure of watching them speak and think, and they can see me as well, within the next eight to 10 years. So it was a long view. But we all know what happened in the past year and a half. The digital demands brought on by the COVID-19 pandemic accelerated this time frame to three years. Now, we are here recording this episode of Ready, Set, Transform in late October 2021, and they're talking about three years, and this survey was done in 2020, so they should be well on their way. But many questions remain, echoing the 1966 song lyrics, I really don't know clouds at all. So what is cloud? Does it mean the same thing for all companies, businesses, enterprises, organizations? What are the most common departure points ah, and landing positions for a company migrating its business to the cloud? And how do you define the value of this transition? Today, we're seeking answers to these business critical questions in conversations with and for the video, because I said I can see them, SAP's David Wiseman. David, wave hello, please. There you are. And Lalit Patel. Hello, Lalit, also at SAP. And again, our topic is, I know my company needs to transform, but how, a.k.a. what is cloud? And what can it do for your business? Welcome to a new episode of Ready, Set, Transform, presented by Rise with SAP. Bonnie D in the house. Let's get our panelists to introduce themselves. David Wiseman, you're up first. Please tell us a little bit about who you are, what you do, how did you get to this place in your career? And just a little snippet of, is it an easy answer to what is cloud? David, welcome. Hey, Bonnie. Thanks for having me on the show. Really excited to be here. I am the head of commercialization for Rise. 
which is SAP's core cloud solution for ERP. How I got here is always a little bit of an interesting story. So I've been in technology now for a little over 25 years. And believe it or not, I started off as a developer. So when I graduated college, all the rage was Y2K. I can remember I used to sit down and spend my days remediating code, especially in COBOL. And so, you know, as I started my career, I really found that I was not doing a great job sitting in a cube every day and remediating code just wasn't for me. So I ended up taking the path as a pre-sales engineer working for a company called Macromedia, which has long since gone, but we were able to ride that dot-com bubble for quite a few years and spent a lot of time working with customers, primarily as a product evangelist. So as that dot-com bubble started to burst, I was forced to make a choice, either get laid off or join sales. So as you can imagine, instead of the severance package, I decided that I would become a sales rep. So I spent about 10 years really working in sales and working with customers to help them transform their business and meet their objectives. And that's really what brought me to the place where I am today spending time really focusing on how are they going to maximize their investments? How are we going to work with them on new business models? And that really brought me to where I am for commercialization to rise. It's really all about helping customers with their new business models, helping them with different routes to market, as well as just really making sure that we have the right solution to address their needs. So as you can imagine, it's all about cloud. So what brings me to this topic and why am I passionate? I spend so much time talking to companies today about their objectives and how they want to transform their business. And I really think it's important to share some of these learnings with those of our listeners who are really trying to start that journey for themselves. So any way that we can help them is something that I really want to help and I'm passionate about. Thank you, David Wiseman. Interesting background. You dropped a couple of buzz phrases on me. COBOL, I was a, I was a sharp COBOL programmer back in the day. I'm not going to reference when you were born versus when I was born, but it was in the key punching days. No, I didn't start when Grace Hopper did, but I'm considered an early woman in tech. Number two, Y2K. I was working for a business software company on Long Island, New York, proprietary software, and we struggled and suffered through who is going to be working around the clock that weekend of Y2K. If our listeners are too young to know what Y2K, it was the letter Y, the number two, and the letter K. Look it up. It was on the verge of the year 2000. What were computers going to do when they had to have a whole new numbering system? Was anybody ready? We found out. I'll leave it there. David, thank you for the memories. I appreciate that. Let's go to your co-panelist today, Lalit Patil at SAP. Lalit, we're delighted to have you here. I have the pleasure of seeing you smiling. You're looking happy to be here on the video. And Lalit, please do us the honor of introducing yourself. And what's your passion for the topic? Go ahead. Absolutely, Bonnie. And many thanks for having me in this show. And uh, very nice to be with David uh, and, and speak about cloud. Uh, my name is Lalit Patil. I am the Chief Technology Officer for Enterprise Cloud Services in SAP. It's basically uh, the organizations which, which, which runs a private cloud as a service for our, uh, for our clients and, and companies. Um, I've been in the uh, IT industry for um, a little bit more than 20 years. We, we heard you speaking about Y2K, Bonnie. I think that was the year when I had my first big project. I still remember as a student and I was working overnight that uh, I think it was 31st of December, waiting for things to happen. Eventually nothing happened, but it gave me a really good uh, introduction into the IT industry. Yeah. 
Um, been working in various roles, um, starting with a technology consultant. It was almost like an accidental entry into the world of SAP and uh, started as an SAP basis technology consultant, moving on to an architecture role for infrastructure as a service, then moving into uh, uh, managing a team of architecture uh, 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 experts and um, was uh, for a couple of years responsible to create the next generation uh, uh, infrastructure platform for SAP known as the Converge Cloud and then finally landed up in, in the position that I'm in. Um, what makes me passionate about this topic? I think as my entire career is around technology, I think it's, it's naturally that everything that has to do with technology, with cloud, is something I've, I'm, I'm completely passionate about. Uh, my day-to-day -day activities go into helping companies into their business transformation journey. So this is something that, that I really am extremely passionate about trying to help them in their journey to look into what kind of obstacles that everyone face, faces. And I would be really happy to share some of those experiences that I have speaking with a lot of uh, uh, these clients and, and companies of various industries and what kind of uh, challenges that they face and, and how we as SAP are, are helping them in, in their journey. Thank you very much, both of you. I have a quick question. I cited the Accenture study done last year in March 2020, and it said that the 750 CIOs, I'm assuming around the world, they, they interviewed for the survey, said they had to hurry up. It wasn't okay to wait eight to 10 years. They needed to do it in three years, and that was already about a year and a half ago. David, from what you're observing, is that still on the mark? They have three years, or has that, that even been moved up? Just a quick a quick couple sentences. What do you observe? So I would say it's accelerating every day, right? If you look at some of the things that were brought on by COVID, it was really an acceleration to digital transformation. I think for the first time, CIOs were really forced with how do we, one, handle the new working environment, but two, the whole way that they do business has changed, right? So going to a brick and mortar shop, that completely changed during the time of COVID, as have supply chains, right? So the ability to move to a cloud, to take advantage of the agility and the innovation that comes with being on the cloud is forefront in everyone's mind. So I would say it's only accelerating every day. Thank you. Lalit, what do you think? I absolutely agree. I think what uh, this time in the pandemic has taught us is the most successful companies were the ones which were able to navigate through much more faster, right? And I think it is there to see for everyone. And it's it's not only companies which are producing something. It is also schools. It's also, you know, institutions, medical shops, whatever you look at it. The ones who have adopted digital technology, the ones who have made that move of their business transformation to the cloud faster were the most agile and could, you know, make the most of this uh, in, 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 in this particular time. So it's constantly decreasing the time. There is no set time that it is two years or three years but it is constantly decreasing and it's on the top of everyone's agenda. All the CIOs are thinking about cloud transformation and how that could help their companies navigate through this period. Thank you both very much. I wasn't planning to do that, but it just seemed top of mind since I started out with this concept of hurry up and get there. And that leads us to the next part of the show. I've asked my two esteemed guests to send me a quote from a movie, 
TV show, fictional character, or a song lyric. I've already opened with a song lyric here. And they're going to explain in their own words how the quote they selected has to do with the topic because it really doesn't literally. So David Wiseman has sent us a quote from, oh, one of my favorite actors, Damian Lewis, playing Bobby Axelrod on Billions. And the episode was season two, episode five, March 19th, 2017. The title of the episode was The Kevlar of Knowing the Answer. What a cool episode title, David. And here's the quote David has selected. The greats never sacrifice the important for the urgent they handle the immediate problem and still make sure to secure the future. Oh my, Bobby Axelrod said that? Go ahead, David. How does this relate to our topic today? So first, let me start off by saying I absolutely love this quote, right? When I think about it, we often prioritize things not only in work, but in life based on their urgency, not really stopping to ask ourselves what's truly important. So I think I spend so much time during my day responding to emails and taking care of the urgent question that I never really get to the important work that I have to get done. And so I think it's important to keep this in mind. As it relates to today's topic, I speak with a lot of executives that are embarking on their transformation, and they're doing so with a sense of urgency, whether it be they need to get out of a data center that there are that they're in or whether they need to change around their supply chain. They're starting to think a lot about the urgency that's driving them there. But unfortunately, they need to really start to think about how do we frame the problem so that we don't sacrifice the important for the urgent. So I think it's really important to act with a sense of urgency, as Bobby Axelrod put it, handle the immediate problem. It's also critical to make sure that you're ensuring the future. And that's some of the things that I really want to talk about today is how do we not only handle the immediate, but how do we also solve for the future and make sure that those two work together? Thank you. And it's interesting in the fictional, but based on a lot of financial reality in the markets, right, David? In that world of reality for Bobby Axelrod on the show Billions, if somebody, anybody else has seen it, find it, it's streaming somewhere. Um, everything is urgent, right? Everything is because the markets change, the allegiances change, the loyalties change, the priorities change by the second. It's an edge of your seat. Put the seatbelt on and follow along with what they're doing. It's an excellent series. Thank you for the quote from Axelrod. I appreciate that. Lali Patel has sent us a quote from Ben Parker. People say, who Ben Parker? Well, you might know him as Uncle Ben, played by Cliff Robertson, speaking to Peter Parker. Everybody knows that Spider-Man, played by Tobey Maguire, 2002 superhero action film. And here is the quote. This is a big quote, Lalit. This is an important quote. With great power comes great responsibility. I have no idea how they said it in the movie, but that's the way I wanted to read it. So, Lalit, how did you find this one? I know it's a popular quote. What does it have to do with our topic? Go ahead. Yeah, I really love that movie, by the way. Uh, um, I think the reason why I, I actually chose this quote was for, for a couple of uh, uh, reasons, basically, and, and per, uh, different perspectives. Uh, when it is coming to cloud transformation, I think this is an... an almost like a superhero power that, that you would have for your uh, organization or, or, or for the company that you work for. So I think um, all the executives need to really think through what that brings in for them and, and for their companies and the digital transformation and shape it along with what their companies would like to uh, achieve in the end. Because there are tremendous possibilities with the cloud it's how you shape it up and how you plan it accordingly 
is what will set you in that successful path. That's one perspective. And the other perspective is all these executives have a lot of power, the CIOs, the CTOs, the CEOs of the company. They need to ensure that they take decisions very carefully and very responsibly because this is a fundamental shift in the way they are doing things, right? And I think these were the two different perspectives that I wanted to bring through this quote, that it's a big superhero power almost, which will shape up the future of their company and also their lives. Interesting. It's a big superhero power. I like the way you put that. We, I haven't heard anybody say that about transforming and going to the cloud. Thank you, Lali. David, what do you think? That's cool, right? It is cool. And I, I, <laughs> I always think about just the sheer responsibility that we have to help customers uh, and companies shape their journey is something that is really important. So with that comes a good deal of responsibility. And I feel that every day when I'm talking to, to people within different companies. Thank you very much. David, let's start our roundtable formally. I'm looking at statement number one you sent me before the show. Let's get down to what I call level setting. You say, although cloud is a common term, even Joni Mitchell was using it back in 1966 before we thought we knew what this one is. There are many variations of what it means to an organization. Some are looking only to outsource their infrastructure. Others want to move everything to software as a service. Aligning on a standard definition of cloud is a critical first step in any transformation journey. Let's talk about this. David, take about three minutes. Toss it around. Tell us what you think companies... But they, how they should define it, how they would define it. And then, Lalita, I want you to be sitting on the edge of your chair because I'm going to ask whether you agree or disagree with Mr. Wiseman. So you have a lot of responsibility there, Lalita, to part of your quote. David, go ahead. Talk to me. So I'll tell you, one thing that's always fascinated me is history, right? And you think about the origin of some of the terms that are used today. You related it back to a folk song. But if you were to ask me where the definition of cloud came in, I probably would have told you while I was preparing for this podcast, it came from Mark Benioff and it came from the whole idea of salesforce.com. They were really one of the first companies to truly market that term. And really, as they thought about it, it related very specifically to software as a service. But the reality was when I started doing my research, the, the term was actually coined by Compaq back in 1996 and it meant something far different, right? For them, it was all about distributed computing. So where are we today? It's kind of hard to say. We have companies like Microsoft, Amazon, Google, all investing billions of dollars to help you believe that in order to be a cloud company, all you have to do is move over to their infrastructure. And as long as you're out of your own data center, you're in the cloud. So I think when I talk to companies, it's really important to understand what do they mean when they say the word cloud? Are they talking about software as a service? Are they talking about infrastructure as a service? Are they talking about platform as a service? I think any time that you want to have this conversation, making sure that you're talking in the same language is, is to me the most critical first step. So who makes the decision for a particular company, David, before I go to Lalit, who makes the decision? Is it the CIO? Is it the CEO? Is it everybody sitting with the letter C on the back of their chair around that table and what we call familiarly the C-suite? Who decides what that definition is? Does it change day by day, minute by minute? So I think it means a little something different to everyone. And one of the things that's really interesting, you cited the Accenture survey at the beginning of your mm. podcast. And the one part of that survey that really stuck out to me was 37% of the CIOs that they asked said that they are not meeting their cloud objectives that they set out in their strategy. 
So I think it comes from the top. They have strategic objectives that they present to the CEO and to the board as to what they look to accomplish. And then those get disseminated throughout the rest of the organization. So oftentimes, though, there's not a common understanding within a company as to what they mean by going to the cloud. But the reality is they need to be tied to strategic objectives and what you're hoping as your outcome on why you would be moving there. Thank you. That's interesting. Lalit Padal, talk to me. Agree or disagree with Mr. Wiseman? And David I, I said agree. he's in a David's in a good mood, so he said you could disagree today. I just I'm sorry to interrupt. But <laughs> no, but I'll I'll, I'll 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 keep him happy. I, I really agree okay. on, on on this one. I think it means different to a lot of different people depending on what role they play in their in their respective companies. Right. Um, I think for, for 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 some of them, it is moving to a hyperscaler means a cloud. But is that what is is the business outcome that you need? Probably not. For some, it means that someone else is managing their stuff and so on. So there are a lot of different perspectives and it's very important to align your business objectives to, you know, that move towards that transformation, right? And that could determine what aspects of the cloud you would like to leverage and have you set for for the success that you desire. If there is some misalignment in your understanding of cloud, I think that could be quite uh, uh, working quite quite in the other way and, and impact uh, your, your company's performance. So very important to understand what is cloud, what are we talking about from a technical, from a functional, and from a process perspective, and then determine your journey and where do you start from and, and what, what is it that you wanna, wanna achieve. Thank you very much. David, briefly, you want to agree or disagree back with, even though he agreed with you, but anything you want to add because I'm ready to move on to another topic from Lalit. David? So uh, I think this is one where Lalit and I are in full alignment. I, uh, you know, oftentimes when we look at, you know, the two respective roles that we have within a company, I think you'll find a lot of areas where we agree and a lot of areas where we disagree, but this one is this one where I 100% support what he said. Okay, thank you very much. Full agreement. We can agree on that. Lalit Patel, I'm looking at your statement number one, and this goes with an extension of what we've been talking about. You say cloud mindset. I don't know that I've heard that term, and I like the way it sounds because we're talking about people here. Cloud mindset needs to be fostered in the teams delivering cloud services to companies across different industries to provide them with the ultimate cloud experience. So who are these teams? Who are the services? Who are the service providers? Are we just talking about hyperscalers? Are we talking about other vendors? Lalit, give us a little more background, please. Absolutely. I think uh, the mindset is absolutely important if you want to uh, you know, consume or leverage something new, right? Whether it's cloud or anything, what we do in our lives. And uh, specifically for this topic, I think the cloud mindset in the different parties that is currently you know, working uh, with each other to achieve that goal, they need to have that mindset, what it brings in, because it's a fundamental change when, and, and, and I'm a CTO, right? I'm thinking first technology. And from a technical perspective, what it means is the way you consume the services, whether it is, you know, how do you leverage your infrastructure as a service or how do you uh, access your applications? How is the business process running? All of that is going to, have a fundamental change. And you need to start thinking about that change, not only as a consumer, but also as a service provider. We in SAP are typically in the service provider role, where we are basically providing services to our customers. And uh, what it means is uh, the teams that work within SAP need to ensure that 
It is a cloud-first mindset. It is someone is able to consume that service means it, it needs to be flexible. It needs to be agile. There needs to be a, 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 a certain agility that is associated with that when it comes to accessing services. And I think that's the cloud experience that, that uh, uh, you know, companies are looking for and not really that I want to go to this hyperscaler, I want to access that piece of technology. It's the experience that they get, which makes it like a cloud experience. And that mindset needs to be fostered, not only with service providers, like I said, but also to you know, the consumers, the businesses. They need to also ensure that they are ready for it. It's a fundamental difference than what they have been doing in the past. It would also mean to give some, some responsibilities away, but in turn gain a lot more, which would help their businesses grow faster. So that's the kind of mindset that I was talking about, which is absolutely key while you are designing your business transformation journey. Thank you very much. David, agree or disagree? So the one thing that's funny to me about the whole cloud mindset is Everybody says they are cloud first. When you talk to any company, they tell you we're a cloud first company. And then you talk to them about the value of cloud first, standardization, access to innovation. And that's when they always back you off and say, oh, no, no, standardization is for somebody else. It's not for me. My business is completely different. We need to customize that. Or you ask them about access to innovation. They say, well, how expensive is that innovation? I don't want to do it. So the one thing that's always interesting for me is, Everybody says they're cloud first, but when you start asking them questions, they tend to change their mind because the reality is it's not easy to be a cloud first company. There's a lot of benefit to going that road, but it's not an easy transformation. Interesting. I think I'm going to call that a reality check, David. It's not an easy transformation. And there's nothing wrong with saying that. Am I right? There's nothing wrong with putting that right out on the table. And we're talking about cloud mindset. And I think, Lily, we're also talking about change management, right? We're going to do it differently. And look, what happened? 2020, about the time of this survey, when Accenture did this survey last year, who knew where we would be a year and a half later? There was something called COVID, something called a pandemic. Supply chain hadn't really locked down yet. The U.S. automotive industry hadn't stopped the production, the assembly lines. Things were still moving, but we weren't sure. We had very un- unsure footing because we didn't know what was really going to happen. It was just real time, day by day. So a lot of change going on. David, I want to go to your statement, uh, number three here. Uh, there's some intriguing terms, I, to, intriguing to me, I used in my opening from the notes you and Lalit provided. I think it's time to do a little more level setting. So this is advice to companies thinking about going to the cloud in their transformation journey. And David says, determine your desired landing position and the portion of your landscape that you intend to migrate to the cloud, deciding on whether your organization wants to end up on a hyperscaler, private cloud, or multi-tenant SaaS will help influence the value drivers that support your business case. A lot to unpack. Can you do that in three minutes, Mr. Wiseman, please? I can try. So, (laughs) you know, I, I always think about landing positions. And one of the things to me is when you start any journey, one of the first questions that you get asked is where, where do you want to go? Right. And oftentimes when you talk to an executive or you talk to a company, they tell you they want to go to the cloud. But when you start asking them, well, again, to that cloud definition, what does it mean? You have to also understand what are you willing to do in order to get to that landing position? So in my example that I just mentioned, 
you can go full standard cloud and go into a multi-tenant SaaS environment. That's going to require that you have such a standard environment that you can allow that to be updated on a regular basis and that you're willing to, to do that. And the benefit there is you have a lot more speed of innovation and you have a lot more agility as a company. Some customers are not willing to, or companies are not willing to go that far. Perhaps they want an intermediary step where they can have a private cloud environment where they're allowed to make specific customizations to their solution. And for other uh, companies, it's really about just getting out of their data center. So I think one of the important parts to have a conversation about is, one, wh where do you really want to go, right? And what changes are you as an organization willing to make in order to get there? I think you have to be honest about what's capable for your organization. And you also have to be honest about the change management that's going to be required in order to get there. Thank you very much. Interesting, David. Lalit, agree or disagree with Mr. Wiseman? What do you think? Lalit's looking at me like, what? Go ahead. <laughs> no, no. I, I, I'm completely in agreement. Uh, I think, um, like I mentioned in, in, in uh, earlier, so the customers uh, or, or, or the companies are not really looking into going to a private cloud or a, or a public cloud or a SaaS or a PaaS or whatever it is. What they are looking for is how is their business going to be transformed? What is their experience going to be look, uh, looking like? And with the CIOs that I have been speaking with, this is what they are looking at. I think if, 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 if you ask at that level, not anyone cares about whether it's a SaaS or a PaaS or, or, or anything else, as long as, uh, like I said, it's 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 running in the way that that they would like to right so there is no specific set path that you need to start here and you need to end there i think it depends on every uh, organization's journey to do that and uh, aligning all of their business priorities with what they would like to achieve and where they would like to go i think that would determine uh, which path they will take uh, take with sap we have a lot of um, uh, uh, specific design services for each of those uh, uh, journeys. And like David mentioned, it could be directly going and, and taking that shift to uh, a SaaS solution, a full public cloud, which means a lot of disruption and heavy standardization, or they could take a mid path and then go to the final destination. So there are a lot of ways to achieve what you want to do, but it needs to be well thought through and with the right mindset, you are able to decide, you know, what is the journey that you're going to take. Thank you very much. David, respond back, please. Uh, I, uh, I think it all goes back to, I love the analogy of travel, right? Are you going to take a nonstop flight to your final destination or are you going to take a couple stops along the way? But most important question when thinking about this upfront is where do you want to be and what value is that going to bring to your business? Taking the time to think through that is really going to shape the business case and the investments that you're willing to make in order to get there. Thank you very much. I want to go to Lely. In, in your last statement, number six, you sent me, this is something I've seen around the internet a lot. There's a big debate about it. The statement is, cloud is just someone else's computer. And I've read the pros and the cons, the yeses and the nos, the truths and the not so truths. And you say, but with a guaranteed outcome, security and consumption experience. So why don't we expand that statement to when it makes sense? Go ahead, Lily, talk to me. Absolutely. And, and I think it's a, it's a very controversial statement, but I really do believe in it. I mean, 
very simplified speaking, it is someone else's computer. It is someone else is managing the service for you, right? But it's it's not only leaving it there. Like you know, it's uh, uh, my important data, my business processes are running by someone else, and then I can simply lean back and and just expect it to run. I think there is a responsibility, and that's going back to my quote. I think that's the responsibility I was talking about to ensure that it is guaranteeing what outcome you want to have as a business, as a company, as whatever industry that, 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 that you have. Is it guaranteeing that outcome? Is it secure enough? Is my data, which is, you know, could be really, really valuable uh, for, 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 for my company, is that secured? Is it according to the compliance uh, processes? And ultimately, again, I think it also is coming down to how is my experience? It has to be easy to use, easy to consume, at the same time, ensuring a guaranteed outcome. I think that is what it is all about. But ultimately, it is putting your data into someone else's computer. This is what is cloud. Thank you very much. It was controversial. That's why I'm glad you put it in your statement. David, what side of that controversy are you on? So when I think about the uh, someone else's computer, right, one of the things that I often hear is, can you take, it's your mess for less, right? And so that's the whole concept behind putting it on someone else's computer. You take my problems and it's your mess, but can you do it for less money? And the reality is that is one alternative for, for where someone is looking to take their business. But if you think about if that's all you're in it for, then, you know, I think you're not looking at the long-term picture, which is how do you position yourself for future innovation? That's far more important when making these decisions than just offloading your existing problems. Thank you, Lalit. Anything you want to say back to David before we move on? No, uh, I, I agree. Uh, I think um, uh, we need to consider this as something that needs to be properly planned, right? And considering all the aspects of it, and then leave that you know, important part of your business, your company into someone else's hands. It is going to be someone else's hands. That is what cloud flexibility is all about. Thank you very much. Let's take one more topic in here. I'm looking at statement six from David Weissman. David said this is going to be a fun topic. So let's see what kind of fun we have with it, David. He says one aspect that is often overlooked in the cloud conversation is a four-letter word we haven't really talked about much today, data. Most discussions are about privacy. They're about security. Where's, where's my stuff? But as more companies move their data to cloud, Access and IP rights will become a more central topic. Yes, yes, yes. David, please expand and unpack this for us. Very important. This is one topic that rarely comes up in my, my conversations. It's one that always shocks me because I think there are a lot of companies out there just assume they own their own data, right? And that comes from a mindset of sitting in an on-premise environment. You own your data. It's sitting within your four walls. I think one of the things that's really interesting to me is, you know, when they talk about their data, they talk about security, they talk about other pieces, but they rarely talk about the IP rights and the ownership of that data. And one time I was talking to a friend and a colleague and they explained it to me in the context of Instagram, right? So typically when you think about data, you own the raw data. So if I submit a picture to Instagram, it's my picture, I own it. But all the tagging, all the data that goes around when I put it up, all my friends' comments, all that information is actually Instagram's IP. 
And so I really challenge people to think about what part of your data do you really own? And as we accumulate more and more data, really all you own is the raw data, but all the value for that data really comes in the context of that data and how that data can be framed for use later. So I think it's a really important topic that people need to think about moving forward is, is where is that, who owns that and how do I get access to it? Very interesting. This reminds me of conversations I've had, David, on some of my shows about the future of mobility, the future of cars. When you put all that data in a car, whether it's it's having Alexa in the car or having a phone in the car, whatever it is, who owns the data? Is it the manufacturer? Is it the person who puts the software in the car? Is it the one who makes the call? Is it the one who types it on their phone and transmits it somehow? Is it a cloud owner? Is it a hyperscaler? Very interesting question of who owns the data. Lalit? Wow, we could spend an hour on this, but we don't have that much time. Lily, what do you think? What about the data? Are we not paying enough attention to it, as David said? We are not paying enough attention to it. I think that's the experience that I have. And I have really strong views on that. I'm, I get extremely passionate about this topic because uh, I, I was mentioning earlier on, on uh, when you decide to move to the cloud, you also shift certain responsibility to the cloud provider, to, to another team, because at the end of the day, it is someone else's computer where your data lies on. But that also implies that certain aspects of that entire framework would be owned by the service provider. And it is the guaranteed outcome that you should be worried about, not necessarily looking into, oh, how is it? Can I have access to that? And I would not let anyone else have, have a look into that and, and so on. I think uh, with the guaranteed outcome, it, it, it should be that it is secured. It, it comes with, a, with an SLA, which ensures uh, that uh, your, your, your business is always up and running, and it is compliant with all your country regulations and, and so on, right? As long as all these three important things are fulfilled, to be honest with you, I think it is even important that you hand over that responsibility to the provider who is providing you that, 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 that service. And this way you can concentrate on value added services on top of it. So a lot of companies and, and CIOs, when I'm speaking to them, I'm always giving them this example. Your team, which was managing this in the past in the on-prem version, those people can be utilized for something which is much more value add, which is looking into enhancing their business processes. While all the basic rudimentary tasks can be done by the service provider. And, and I think that is basically that shift in thinking that needs to be coming through onto who owns the data and so on. It is ensuring that the data is consistent, the data is accessible, and the data is secure rather than who owns and do I have access to it and so on. Very interesting. David, comments back, and then we're going to wrap up. What so, do you think? So one thing I would say, this is one area where probably Lalit and I disagree, right? So I, I truly think that they say data is the, the new oil, right? So one of the things that... I really think is important to understand is don't be surprised if companies start to monetize your data in the future, right? So one of the big things that uh, that companies give up when they move that data somewhere else is oftentimes it's control of ownership of that data. I think it's a really important topic to discuss because as more and more people shift their entire organization, all of their information somewhere else, they really need to think about what am I giving up in exchange? Same thing when you join Facebook or join Instagram, you're giving up a lot of your own privacy by, by putting it somewhere else. And it's not something that is often discussed. 
Very interesting. I think we might have a part two in our future here. I want to ask David Weissman and then Lily Puddle before we wrap up here. Gentlemen, if we met again, I usually say in two years from now, but let's say one year from now, let's say late October 2022, which would be lovely. Would we still be having this conversation, David, about what is cloud? How do you transform your business? Do you have the cloud mindset? Are you concerned about data? Should you be more concerned about security? Is it a SaaS environment? Is it a hyperscaler? Where are you going? What are you doing? Why are you doing there? Would we still be having the same conversation we had just today? David, yes or no? And response. So I think the question that's going to come up a year from today is what is edge? And why all of a sudden am I taking all my information off the cloud and now putting it locally somewhere else? I think that's the conversation that we're going to have next if we're going to do a part two. Interesting. Lalit, you're allowed to reject that. You can come up with a different one. What do you think? I I, I think edge uh, edge computing, uh, cloud computing, and so on would be the norm in in the next couple of years. I think what would be, in my view, uh, will be discussed is hybrid clouds. Uh, basically, you know, there are a lot of countries who are trying to get, uh, uh, you know, organizations, companies to have data within their cloud. At the same time, there is also a lot of internationalization of of, of trade and, and so on. So there has to be that fine balance, what stays inside, what can be shared. I think hybrid is the world that we are going to look into. Cloud, uh, uh, moving to the cloud, is is not going to be you know the question anymore i did not expect that answer from both of you either of you at all very i'm glad i asked thank you very much let's all do a shout out and appreciation to lucas escudo who is the showrunner he's the sponsor he's the gentleman i work with behind the scenes to put these shows together let's give him a little applause here david and lali thank you to lucas for setting this up and getting us all together And thank you also to Brian Duffy, president of Rise with SAP. Thank you, David Weissman. Such a pleasure speaking with you. Thank you for sharing your expertise, your insights. You're so articulate and passionate. And I'm glad you told us who you are and where you come from. And Lalit Paddle, so happy to have you here as well. You two are very interesting gentlemen. And I appreciate all of the knowledge you've shared. I think we touched on a lot of points that people may not have expected us to talk about. And when you disagreed, it was wonderful, by the way. So and thank you to Voice America for our engineers. We had two today. Aaron started us off and Matt finished it up. I'm Bonnie D. Graham signing off for another very, very interesting and info and insight packed episode of Ready, Set, Transform presented by, say it together with me, gentlemen, Rise with SAP. There we go. Bye-bye. Don't go away. Bye-bye. Thanks again for tuning in to Ready, Set, Transform, presented by Rise with SAP. To keep the conversation going, tweet your questions and comments using the hashtag Rise with SAP. That's R-I-S-E-W-I-T-H-S-A-P. Or email bonnie.d.graham at voiceamerica.com. That's B-O-N-N-I-E dot D dot G-R-A-H-A-M at voiceamerica.com. Please join host Bonnie D. Graham again on the Business Channel. We wish you a great week.